0: Hello, my golden souls, and how are each and every single one of you guys doing? I hope you are having a fantastic, purposeful, and productive day, not a busy one. Um, I pray that you guys have a wonderful day and that God's grace just rains and pours all over you in the name of Jesus. So what are we going to be talking about this very beautiful day? We're going to be talking about Christ like leadership. That's right. Uh, Christian leaders above all in the name of Jesus. So many of you know that Jesus Christ was a phenomenal, was a phenomenal, um, amazing um, godly Christian leader. He definitely, um, led his disciples well. He prepared them. He instilled in them so many, um, essential tools that they needed prior to his death. Um, and just reading the story of Jesus Christ, he leads us every day. Um, God leads us. So we are under great leadership. And so because we are connected to great leadership, of course it says in the bible how we are christ ambassadors we are the representation of the kingdom and of the holy place and of god himself we are the representation and so um just a little bit of what of course that means so many things but christ ambassadors we are leaders uh we are the leading example of the love of God and of his gentleness and his tenderheartedness and his patience, his kindness, his peace, his joy. We are to lead the way for those that have just been converted and to bring them up as disciples. We are leading examples and demonstrations uh, uh, to, to non-believers of what Christians look like and the closest to what to whom god is and so in many ways whether you believe it or not we are called to be leaders we are all leaders in some way in some sort or fashion um but most of all i don't just want to talk about any leader i want to talk about christian leaders praise god So, um, and of course, where I'll be drawing from, I'll be drawing from the book of Nehemiah. If you have not read the whole book of Nehemiah, I truly encourage you to. It is one amazing, astounding, awesome, deep book. It really is. The book of Nehemiah is truly all about godly leadership. Um, It definitely takes you through leadership skills, abilities, Um, the qualities and attributes of a leader how to compose yourself how to um of a leader um how to lead others how to encourage and uplift it really gives so many tools and everything that you'll need um as to being a godly leader praise god thank you lord so um if you work you lead you you lead by your actions, your speech, your 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 body language. You lead. You are leading your coworker and many a times people won't even tell you, "Hey, um you have an influence over me or hey, I look up to you." They're not going to tell you, and so you have to um be careful as of how you live in the name of Jesus. It talks, it says that in the Bible too. Be careful as of how you live because we are leading people, whether we know it or not, we could be leading them astray, or could we or we could be leading them into okay, um, a relationship with Christ Jesus, um, into a better, into better things, better places, better opportunities. Um, if you have children you are their headship you are leading them if you are a husband you are leading if you are a wife you are leading if you are a sister brother cousin aunt uncle you are leading if you are a friend you are leading one another if you have friendships you're leading one another so we all lead In one way or another, whether we know it or not, we have nieces and nephews, you're leading them by example, whether you know it or not. If you are minister, pastor, evangelist, prophet, um, um, deacon, whatever you are um, on the motherboard, you are leading. Okay, so I wanted to give just a few principles yeah, for leadership. And I wanted to read, I also want to read Nehemiah's prayer and just really break it down for you. Some key things that I myself got out of Nehemiah's um, prayer and leadership. So um, just to kind of give you like a little breakdown about Nehemiah, um, his whole purpose basically was to, uh, let's see, his whole purpose was basically to return to Jerusalem um to build the wall that the babylonians and you'll read that in uh second kings first and second chronicles how the babylonians came in and they stripped away and destroyed everything they took the gold the bronze the silver they took they took they took everything they tore down the wall so yeah not to get onto all that the purpose of nehemiah mind you Uh, the wall had been destructed for almost 300 years okay so from second Kings to Nehemiah uh, the wall had been already destroyed destructed um, for 300 years and so God waited until the appointed time Nehemiah this great leader that God had authorized and ordained to be to go back to Jerusalem to build the wall, okay, and so he went to um, he was re- he went to King Artaxerxes and he received full authority from him to rebuild that demolished city, right? And he, of course, started with the wall. So you'll read plenty of that once you read the book of Nehemiah. And so I'm encouraging you to read the book of Nehemiah. So. I am just going to pull from some things that I got from the book of Nehemiah, okay? Um, Like I said, we're going to be talking about leadership principles um, in relation to Nehemiah and Nehemiah's prayer. Now, everything that... I give you it is for you to use into your own life so that you um, are are to apply it as well I am also applying these principles and the things that I've learned and so I'm encouraging you that whatever you receive from this episode that you apply it uh, in your life so that you could be a better uh, leader in Christ so that you are well equipped to lead other people in Jesus name okay so we're going to begin with nehemiah's prayer first before i tap into the leadership principles so we're going to begin with nehemiah's prayer and of course i am going to read the prayer if you have your bible if you have a bible app uh you're going to uh go to chapter one nehemiah chapter one verse four through eleven i am reading in um i think am i i'm reading in the new king james version the new king james version okay And so it says, and I'm starting on verse 4. It says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, oh great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant in mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open, that you may hear the prayers of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you both my father's house and i have sinned we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments the statutes nor the ordinances which you commanded your servants moses remember i pray your word that you commanded your servant moses saying if you are unfaithful i will scatter you among the nations but if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens yet i will gather them from there and bring them to the place which i have chosen as a dwelling for my name now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand O lord i pray Please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. So yes, Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer. That was a mighty and awesome prayer. So many things in that prayer, but I'm just going to... think one two three i think i'm doing four or five things that i got out of this prayer um i think it's four so the first thing i got um the first thing that i got and i'm praying that you get out of this too, um pertaining to the discipline of prayer was that nehemiah prayed first he prayed first and you will see that throughout the throughout uh the book of nehemiah that in every situation every occurrence he consulted with god first he prayed with god first you will even see in a verse i think it's chapter one or chap- i think it's chapter two where it talks about how he consulted with himself or he had a conversation with himself that's what it says but God gave me a deep revelation that he basically entered into the presence of God um to have a conversation with God and to receive and to receive the last and final decision that God would so uh would would see fit pertaining to um how to handle certain situations and so when he when it says that he consulted within himself he consulted with God and God gave him the final say in the final um the final decision so yes Nehemiah prayed first and so he did not return to God after exhausting um other options he did not use prayer as a last ditch effort um as if it as if he you know had nothing to lose right so his immediate instinctive response was to fast and pray fast that was his immediate instinctive response and a lot of times as i just said i don't want to i know i seem redundant um a lot of times in our own life we tend to use god as a last resort we tend to use prayer which is our weapon which is the greatest tool that we that god could have ever given us um followed behind of course the holy spirit um we tend to use that as the last resort. We, we, we go to everything else. We reach out for everything else. Um, And then we're like, okay, God, I tried everything. So here I am. And that's not what we should do. So Nehemiah definitely served us a great and godly example by in every situation um, that you could think of that he went through, uh, even with his opposing adversaries, he consulted with God first, he prayed first, you know amen so the second point that i received from this prayer was that nehemiah affirmed god's reign so what does that mean it means basically that he realized that the lord is the awesome king of all nations and people including the israelites and the persians so he basically acknowledged that he and his people were dependent on the lord's grace amen hallelujah yes that He and his people were dependent on the Lord's grace. And um, my key word in this word was dependent because a lot of us, we love to run around boast and gloat about how we're so independent and how I got this job and how I got this house and how I made it on my own and I did it and I'm self-made and all this kind of stuff. And in reality, and I'm not attacking anyone, but in reality you're really not independent you're not independent because if you were let's be real biblically you yourself would would, would have died on that cross you yourself would have drank from the cup of suffering you yourself would have took those 40 lashes you yourself would have been mocked and shamed so no you were not independent because god himself sent down his son to die for us so that we should have salvation independent of us meaning he it He didn't need us to do it. So, but in reverse spectrum, biblically, we need him to do everything. We need him. He is our source. And without him, we can't do anything, you know? Um, so, and it says that in John chapter 15, you know, that I am the true vine. You are the branches abide in me and I, in you. Right. And apart from me that you can do nothing. Praise God. And so we are not dependent. And so what I want you to understand is in modern, what is it in modern uh, Western cultures, independence, basically what that means, uh, independent glorifies self. Independence glorifies self, it values self. And so where that stems from is it stems from and the, the root of that is pride and self righteousness. And we know that God cannot work work uh uh, uh um we know that God cannot operate in a vessel that has pride and self-righteousness he can but he can only go so far um he's very limited because of you and so to say that you're independent you're glorifying your accomplishments and what you did without god in dependent that mean I did without having to depend on someone else. You removed the help of other people. You did without the help of someone else. So you were glorifying yourself. You were valuing yourself, your accomplishments, your your uh, achievements, and what you did alone without the help of anybody else, including God. And so we know that is not true again we are not independent our salvation took took jesus christ uh uh us to have eternal life took uh the holy spirit um us being able to operate and 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 be fashioned um and to model the life of jesus christ takes what the holy spirit working in and through us right um in order for us to receive the renewing of the mind, it takes reading the word of God. It takes praying and being changed and transformed and being a living sacrifice for who? God. And so we're not we're not independent. And so think about it. When you say, I got this job, I got this car, I got this house, and et cetera, et cetera. Really think about it. How did you get that job? How did you get that house? And you may even say, okay, I got the house because I paid off debt and and I had, I got a great job. Okay, but then that still goes back to who gave you those abilities? Who who gave you the access to the intelligence and the knowledge and the abilities and the skills for you to even obtain that job and the and and to have the longevity of being at that job that you're at now in order to get the house, the car, the job. You know, so it still goes back to God. You're not independent. You're not independent. I I I I dare you try try. Please try to do anything on your own without the help of god you won't get very you 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 won't get you you won't get anywhere you won't get anywhere so let's move on the third point that i pointed out in this prayer was that nehemiah identified with his people i love this he because he used um prepositions and pronouns things like we um us Things of that nature. I really love that. Um, he used the word we in his prayer and accepted corporate responsibility. Corporate. You know how you know you have franchise and jobs. Walmart. Let's think about Walmart. Walmart is everywhere. But look, they have a corporate office. And the corporate office is responsible for every single Walmart that is in every state i don't know i think there's what like maybe three or 400 walmarts but only one corporate office so just imagine that he took corporate responsibility for every single person every single is like every single human body that's ever sinned and and were disobedient and rebellious against god he took on that responsibility for his people's sin so Rather than him just blaming other people and blaming them and said, well, they did this and they did that. He what? He humbled himself in his honest confession. He humbled him. So he took corporate responsibility. He humbled himself and he confessed. And many of us won't even do that. We won't even take corporate responsibility for the people that we supervise or that we're over or that we lead right and then let alone we won't even humble ourselves to accept the responsibility and to take on somebody else's you know what i'm saying we, we won't humble ourselves to do that and let alone confess confess what they they did it i didn't do that that one that's all on them no No, you led them. You led by example and by speech and by action and by attitude and by altitude. You are a Christian leader. You are to be Christ-like in leadership. And so you led them. So, you know what I'm saying? I hope you do. Praise God. Um, and then my last point for this prayer, Nehemiah recognized all of God's promises and commandments. Oh my goodness. He recognized all of God's promises and commandments. And so I just want you to know that, um, before Nehemiah even took action, um, he had knowledge of what was, all, of what was going on, um, and, and, um, and how he was to act. And in order to do that, That means he studied his word. He studied his word. He knew his word. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. He studied his word and he knew his word. Praise the Lord. So Nehemiah recognized all of God's promises and commandments. So he not only knew what he wanted from God, but he also grasped with what God expected from his people wow thank you lord so he counted on the lord's covenant with israel welcoming both its privileges and responsibilities yes and so he reminded god of his covenant let's go back to it he said he said you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And he said again, down in uh, verse 8, Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servants. <clears throat> Moses said, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my covenant um, and do them, though some of, uh, of you were cast out of the father's part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as your dwelling place. Praise God. And then in verse 10, he goes on to say that, how these are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great power and your strong hand so he reminded he reminded god he reminded him of his covenant don't be afraid to do that that's what leaders do okay if god establishes and makes a covenant with you write it down remember it so if anything god you said according to the covenant you established with me thighs you know whatever it is that is what you ought to do praise god so those were the points according to the prayers that i got that he prayed first he affirmed god's reign he identified with his people and he recognized all of god's promises and commandments please have that in your toolkit my christ-like leaders so let's go ahead and go to the leadership principles right um so one of the principles that I really do want you to put in your toolkit that I received from Nehemiah is one, leaders have a sense of mission. Leaders have a sense of mission, which is found in Nehemiah, <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me, which is found in Nehemiah chapter one, verse five, where it says, and I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, oh, great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe you. observe your commandments so leaders have a sense of mission wise leaders i want you to know that if you are a leader wise leaders possess a goal okay they possess a goal and their mission toward that goal is what guides their decision and determines your strategy so your mission toward the goal is what guides your decisions and determines your strategy okay so If you don't have a mission, you don't have a goal. If you don't have a goal, there's no decision. If there is no decision, there's no strategy. And you can even take that back. If you don't have a strategy, then you didn't make a decision. If there was no decision to make, there was no goal. And if there was no goal, then there was never a mission. There was never a sense of mission. So... You have to have a sense of mission, guys. Nehemiah's mission um, grew out of his knowledge of God's law and his awareness that his people's sin had brought about Jerusalem's destruction, Um, which you will find that in chapter one, verse five through eight. Okay. Nehemiah did not invent uh, 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 his own mission based on his own self-interest. That's another thing I want to. Nehemiah was God-centered and not self-centered. He was God-centered and not self-centered. He responded to the word of Jerusalem's plight with tears, prayer, fasting, humility, and an intense search for God's will. So that's what I want to let each and every one of you guys know right at this very moment. The second principle that I got out of the second principle was that leaders build community. Leaders build community, which is found in Nehemiah uh, chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Leaders build community. So, I just want you to understand that most of humanity's greatest achievements have been accomplished not by individuals, but by groups of people working together toward common end. Praise God! The greatest achievement have been accomplished by a group of people, not by yourself. That's So, if you're saying you're independent there's you can't get something done by yourself nehemiah called on the power of the community y'all as he undertook the task of rebuilding jerusalem's wall come on now so as leaders we are called to break down walls that divide people who need to work together we are called to build bridges between people who need to work together and then we build community when we address others um as close companions i mean companions lord have mercy Right. And we involve them in local missions and take a personal interest in their lives. Okay. Let me tell you something about bosses versus leaders. Cause some of y'all be like, I'm a boss and, da, da, da. and then of course you actually have bosses at work, but let me give you a quick difference with bosses. People have to listen to them. They don't have a choice. They have to listen to them. Okay, with leaders, people choose to listen to them because based on the influence and impact that that leader have or has had in that person's life, that's the difference. So that means a boss has no impact or no influence. Okay, understand that that's what i want you guys to understand so the third principle that i got up out of this is that leaders manage adversity there was so much opposition and adversity going on oh my goodness it was literally all throughout this bible leaders manage adversity but if you need to read it go to nehemiah chapter 4 verse 89 leaders manage adversity um that's what i want you guys to understand that nehemiah's adversaries which was, of course, Tobiah and Samballot and a few others. But Nehemiah's adversaries had selfish interest in keeping Jerusalem unprotected. Ain't that crazy? And so for 70 years, they had, um, they had uh, beaten the residents uh, left behind by Judah's exile. So Nehemiah's plan to rebuild the walls and revitalize the city threatened their control. Isn't that crazy? That your adversary, in order for your adversary to control you... Uh, their control is based off of your lack of protection my god jesus your lack of protection oh my goodness my god so nehemiah responded to this uh opposition with measured resistance so meaning rather rather than escalating a, a, a sensitive situation he defended against further attacks and kept working adapting to adversity rather than fleeing or overreacting and a lot of us do that we flee we run away or we over we literally overreact and and it does not take that so Number one, he uh, like 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 I said, rather than escalating a sensitive situation, he defended against further attacks and kept working. So he acknowledged and he was aware that this was already a sensitive situation. So if he was to flee or overreact, um, it could it could cause even further damage. Okay. So what did he do? He he defended by working. He kept working and he adapted to the adversity. Right. And I don't mean adapted like like you know, going with the flow. Blah, blah, blah. I mean adapted to like like it like I said, not reacting, not overreacting, not fleeing, but doing God's will and purpose. And of course, through doing that, God rewarded his perseverance and the wall successfully rose. Nehemiah and the community that he built, the people that built the wall with him, do you know that they completed that wall in 52 days? Ooh, hallelujah i tell you. So I need you to understand that as leaders, we must bend and not break. Understand that and responding to opposition with renewed faith that God will see us through. We have to pray, guys. We've got to pray and take practical steps to ensure that our work moves forward, even as others try to stop it. OK, you have to know that continue to push forward, even through the adversity, continue to continue, Lord, continue to build the wall, even with adversity and opposition. What is the wall that you need to build right now? What wall is it that you need to build that your adversaries uh, keep trying to uh, divide? That opposition keeps, keeps trying to push its way through so that uh, whatever it is you're trying to build remains unprotected, unsuccessful. What is it? identify that whatever the let me tell you something how how you will know because the enemy overplays their hand okay all the time whatever whatever the adversary is attacking the most whatever great opposition you're facing at in in a particular situation that's the wall that you're that that God is trying to help you to build and of course you can't build it by yourself you need a community So get a community to build the wall with you, right? Um, And so the very last principle that I want, of course, there are many principles, I'm sure. Um, But the very last one that I've got was that leaders serve uh, tasks and people. Amen. Leaders serve tasks and people. Yes, and so I need you to understand that being being Christ-like leaders, it means more than just getting things done, Okay. You don't just see them like okay I'm done I'm I'm gonna finish it cool that's that we see it more than that it's it's not just about getting the task done Um, according to scriptures greatest leaders the uh, scriptures greatest leaders not only accomplish things but serve the people in the process so while you're getting God's work accomplished who are you serving in the process who is being built up in the process? Whose spirits has been awakened in the process? Because I need you to understand that with me reading the Book of Nehemiah, he truly, when he, when God released him to share the vision of building the wall, he truly um, encouraged people and he and he helped to strengthen people. He, he awakened the spirits of some individuals whose spirits had been dead. So who are you serving in the process? Okay. I need you to understand that Nehemiah, he never saw rebuilding Jerusalem, um, Jerusalem's wall as an end. Right. Or even for his own glory. He never saw it that way. Instead, he sought, uh, um, he sought to revitalize Israel's people and return them to their covenant with God. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you. So with that in mind, Nehemiah turned city management over to local leaders soon after the war was completed. Nehemiah did not exploit the project to gain wealth or fame. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know that because in the book of Nehemiah, it, it talks about how he compares himself to other to the other governors that uh, the people of Jerusalem had. And they had some wicked governors that just took, took, took and left them so impoverished. And instead, Nehemiah, because Nehemiah came to do the work of God and in the midst of that served the people, um, his it wasn't to take from them. It wasn't to take advantage of the privileges because he solely wanted to see the work of God completed and accomplished and he served the people uh, he didn't take from them he actually helped them those people actually prospered that is um that, that's how you know that there is some that you are doing like you are truly leading people man praise God and so I need you to understand one thing that I truly um, got out of this whole thing of course this whole uh, book of chapter was that Nehemiah restricted himself for the advancement of other people i'm gonna say that again nehemiah restricted himself for the advancement of other people and so i want you to keep in mind who do you know who did just that nehemiah did something he so who do you know that did just that jesus jesus restricted himself for the advancement of us he all the power he had all the all the rightful privileges that was of 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 his he was the king. he is the king he was the king and he limited himself he restricted himself in lowest form in human body so that we could advance we could have a relationship we could prosper we could have eternal life and it shows nehemiah doing something similar um pertaining to the advancement of the people living in Jerusalem so that they could prosper. He restricted himself, even though as governor, he had all the privileges. He had every right to receive whatever, you know, but he chose not to. He restricted himself so that the people there living there could prosper, could be advanced, could be successful. And in that, it made his leadership and his purpose in a vision. Successful. I need you to understand my Christ-like leaders. I need you to understand. It's more than just getting things done. It's more than just getting things done. Okay. I need you to understand my Christ-like leaders. Hear me out. When we have a heart to serve. When we have a heart To serve all who work with us, and over us, and for us, all that kind of stuff. People, people are the clear beneficiaries. When we have a heart to serve, people are the clear beneficiaries. They receive the benefit. My God. Lord have mercy, you were just so good. And so I truly do hope that you took something out of this and that from this episode, you can be a better, more effective leader because definitely Nehemiah was not only a godly leader, he was an effective leader. He was an effective leader and he was successful in what he did. Because his heart was with God. His heart was for the people. That they be restored. And redeemed. And that the covenant that they had made with God. Be revitalized. Oh, That's just so amazing. That is so amazing. So I'm going to say it again. The three principles that I received was that leaders have a sense of mission leaders build community leaders manage adversity oh I did give you four and leaders serve tasks and people okay so I hope you got something from that and so I want you to think about this what will you do the same and differently because of Nehemiah's example What will you do the same and differently because of Nehemiah's example? Man, that is just so mighty. That really is. Awesome. 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 Oh, my God. That was just amazing, guys. And I thank each and every one of you. Um, for listening to this podcast I really appreciate it Um, another thing that I want to say I don't think it's a principle maybe it is a principle I don't know but I know that reading this Nehemiah celebrated the little tiny accomplishments and we call those mi- milestones he celebrated the little accomplishments that they that they made Um, I know it mentions how in the story, some of the people were saying how they were tired and they had no more strength, you know, and he really encouraged them. And so throughout, he truly did celebrate the little milestones. Um, I need you to understand that. I don't want to say this. When a task is completed results. Are achieved or even when people are served, they make time to rejoice. They make time to rejoice. So um, in chapter eight, you will see that when the people finished the wall, Nehemiah launched a celebration. He launched a celebration. Praise God. Um, Nehemiah, he also sent portions of the food. He, he, he sent portions of the food, and you will see that in chapter 8 too. He brought the party to the poor, he shared the wealth because no one should be deprived of joy, and that was just so amazing. And so, us being Christ like leaders, we truly do need to find and create ways to celebrate milestones instead of working people and working and working. Uh, Find ways to celebrate milestones, even if it's just complimenting that person and giving them a praise and saying, girl, let me sing to you. Whatever it is, find ways to celebrate the milestones because rejoicing, I'm going to tell you what that does. Rejoicing opens the door to worship the Lord. That's all that does. It opens up the door to worship the Lord, which is the source of all good gifts. Amen. 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 So that's all I wanted to say, and I love each and every single one of you. And I hope that after this, you will strive and have a willing heart to be a Christ-like leader. I will say it does take a lot of work. It's a lot of it's a it's it's it, it, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility, but it's truly worth it's truly worth it because. God is building you. God is filling you. God is teaching you. Um, just continue to, to continue to be moldable and teachable. Because even with you leading others, they can lead you too. You have to be willing to let them, and that's another difference between a boss and a leader. Okay, bosses think that they're the only ones that have something to give. And that's not true. Leaders know that the people that are leading have plenty to offer. And so I love learning from other people. I truly do. And I love being, I I love teaching. I love being taught. So I love you guys. Be strong, be courageous and be golden. Love you.